Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKFIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, The Sick Podcast. We're talking NFL Draft. And if you're going to talk NFL Draft, why not bring in the guru? Why not? National columnist on all things football. You can follow him on Twitter at Rivals Mike. Mike Farrell, what's going on, man? Uh, busy week, you know? And, and the fun part about this for me is that I followed all these kids in high school. So I've known them from the age of around 14, 15 to now watching them become millionaires. Um you know, and so this is an exciting week for me. I don't make any of the millions. I mean, they, they don't give me anything, but um, it's good to see them get rich. Well, you're right about that. But listen, uh, you know, never say never, right? Never say never. You don't make the millions right now, but it's not over yet, my friend. My friend, I'm waiting for that yet. first guy to give me 10%, but it's uh, All right. So, you know, you talked about seeing a lot of these, these, uh, these players, and you've seen them already for a long time, and everyone knows who's going to go number one, of course, but... Who's the best prospect in the draft that's not a quarterback? That's a good question. A lot of people will answer uh, Kyle Pitts, the tight end from Florida, yeah. but I, I'm I think Jamar Chase. I think the wide receiver from LSU. I think he's special. I, I think when you look at the wide receiver group, I think he's the guy that I could say with confidence, barring injury, will have a Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald longevity hall of fame type career based on his work ethic skills uh size speed all that good stuff um you know and people are critical because he sat out last year um and they say he quit on his team and all that stuff there's no quitting this kid so kyle pitts everybody's so high on him because his you know his wingspan and and you know the tight end position is changing you know the nfl but I'm just I'm not buying into Kyle Pitts as much as everybody else is. I think he's going to be very good, but I don't think he's a generational tight end. But I think Jamar Chase is that guy uh, at wide receiver. All right. You know, when you talk wide receivers, of course, it's the ability to separate from the cornerbacks. I mean, that's one of the things you look at and you look at, of course, uh, speed and catching ability and all that stuff. But based on what we're hearing, you could tell me because you've had a chance to see him. His ability to separate from the quarterbacks, we're talking really elite here. Yeah, the thing about Jamar is he doesn't look big, but he is big. He, he, he's a physical wide receiver who can break tackles and really make things happen after the catch. And, and most of those guys are speed guys. And he ran a you know sub four five. Obviously, he's in the four four range at his pro day, and he has the speed. But it's his ability to sort of start, stop, make people miss. Uh, power through tackles, the the whole package there, and his route running. It's just really impressive. Um, you know, his route tree in high school was kind of limited, as most kids are. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got to LSU and, and started working with Joe Burrow in that offense, his, his route tree became exceptional. He's super crisp in and out, and those guys are very difficult to cover. Um, you know, Devontae Smith's very good, but they're, they're completely different receivers. Um, you know, Devontae Smith is – He's slippery. Jamar Chase is physical. Um, and, and that's kind of why I mentioned the Larry Fitzgeralds and Julio Jones. He's a big, 
physical receiver that 50-50 balls he's going to outmuscle you or he's going to outrun you. It's a sick podcast that is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus bet win get paid. When I asked you the question, who's the best player in the draft, not a quarterback, you said most would say Kyle Pitts, but you uh, didn't go that way. So I want to get to Kyle Pitts now if I can, and that a lot of people are saying that he's the best tight end to ever come out of college. Seeing as he was not your answer, I would imagine that you probably don't think so. Ever is tough. I mean, obviously, he, he's, he could go fourth, uh, which is as high as – you know, I believe anybody's ever gone at that position. You know, we, we had Eric Ebron go 10th, uh, TJ Hawkinson, I think went 10th or 11th, uh, both to the Lions. And, and you know, people are comparing him to Calvin Johnson as far as a big receiver who's sort of playing tight end, but it's just a mismatch nightmare. I, I, I think he's exceptional. My, my concern with him might be injuries. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy who does a lot of work down the middle of the field, uh, you're not allowed to punish those guys as much as you used to be able to in the NFL, but um, you know he's had a concussion or two. Uh, there, there, there are some things you can't stop him with a safety, or or he's too big for a corner. Linebackers can't stay with him. He's a mismatch problem, and he's so long that he makes it easy for quarterbacks. Um, and he's the reason Kyle Trask looked so good last year, I think, because again, a lot of these were 50-50 balls that he brought down. I just you know, knowing him from high school, uh, he's got a tremendous work ethic, but I just worry a little bit about putting that much on a kid saying he's the best ever to come out and all this other stuff. And and people see the Kelseys of the world and the Gronkowskis of the world. And uh, those guys are excellent, excellent blockers as well. And, and that's not Kyle's strength. So he's a flex guy. He's going to have to learn to block 290 pound defensive ends. Uh, and if he doesn't properly do that, he could get somebody killed so he's got a little bit of work to do going into the nfl draft we're talking about some of the players and some of the teams and who they're going to go after the san francisco 49ers traded up to third overall we know that jacksonville of course has the number one pick and we know that the new york jets have the new number two pick uh jacksonville it appears of course is going to take quarterback trevor lawrence out of clemson and the new york jets are going to take quarterback zach wilson out of byu my question to you is now the San Francisco 49ers. They're looking at a quarterback, Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Who are the 49ers going to draft? It, it, it seems to be Trey Lance right now. Um, again, this is a day before the draft. Uh, there's a lot of rumors out there about this, that, and the other. You know, he's working with a, a trainer and a quarterback guru that the San Francisco 49ers asked him to work with. All this stuff, you don't know what's true and what's not. I can tell you this. I feel very strongly they traded up t- to get Mac Jones at number three. Um, that was the intent at the time. Justin Fields, they hadn't seen at his pro day yet. Trey Lance, I believe, didn't have his pro day yet. And then they went and saw Mac in his second pro day. It wasn't as impressive as he was in the first. And then they started looking around at other guys. And I think Trey Lance has impressed them, you know, quite a bit. Now, you know, Kyle Shanahan was talking about run option and a lot of different things the other day that Mac Jones can't do. Um, so, you know, with RPOs and all that stuff, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. And I think that's really, really risky. I think the 49ers have put themselves in a really bad position trading up to number three, because now 
if they don't get it right, they're going to be criticized forever. And this could be a Trubisky type of situation where they're stuck with a guy and, and, and they just don't know what to do after that. He's Mike Farrell. I'm Tony Marinero. It's a sick podcast. Go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICK15 for 15% off on all of their items and all their officially licensed sports apparel. The New York Jets get it wrong more often than not. And even when they get it right, they still end up messing up along the way. Yes. So now, and I was, I grew up a Jets fan. And I'm almost embarrassed to say that I still am. And I don't even know if I am anymore, to tell you the truth because I think I've given up on this team about a hundred times in the last decade, but Zach Wilson, when all is said and done, will they have drafted the good quarterback or the wrong quarterback? I I think the wrong quarterback, Um, you know, (laughs) here's the thing. And I, listen, I, I was wrong about Patrick Mahomes. Okay. There's, I'm a, I'm a purist. I'm a football old school guy and, and off platform stuff scares the heck out of me. And up until the time of Patrick Mahomes, there were only a few guys like Brett Favre and, 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 you know, legendary hall of fame quarterbacks that could get away with it. Yeah. Um, I think back to that draft, the chiefs traded up. I thought it was going to be for Deshaun Watson. Had they taken Deshaun Watson and had the Texans taken Patrick Mahomes, what would we be looking at right now? I, I think we'd be looking at a very talented quarterback who can improvise and do a lot of different things, but he would look like the guy we saw in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay, running for his life and just trying to make plays magically. And I think that's what Zach Wilson is going to have to do. That's what they're hoping to get is Patrick Mahomes, but they don't have the infrastructure nor the coaching to make him Patrick Mahomes with the Jets. So Justin Fields played better competition. He's more polished. He's more of a traditional quarterback. You could do more things with him with his athleticism. He's the guy I would go with at number two. I wouldn't go with Wilson. With Mike Farrell, who's the uh, NFL mock draft guru, uh, you've talked about you've seen all these kids over the years, but this week, how much prep time goes into what you're doing here? This week, not much. Um, You know, the prep time starts – you know, during the season and after the season, watching all 22 film on all these kids, uh, you know, the senior bowl um, was, was important to scout that and scout practices and scout the game itself. And the combines, what I really miss, I mean, that was it. Cause now you've got individual pro days, sometimes two of them, and you can't trust the times. Um, the combine brought everybody together in Indianapolis. You got yeah. to see the best against the best. You got to see wide receivers go through the gauntlet. Jamar Chase, followed by Devontae Smith, followed by Rashad Bateman, followed by Jalen Wilder. I mean, you got to see everybody against everybody. Now they're all spread out and separated. So there's more all 22 work to be done. The other problem is a lot of kids opted out. So this was a weird draft cycle. Um, You're looking at film on Panay Sewell, the top offensive tackle in the draft. From 2019, you know, he didn't play last year. You don't know what he looks like now beyond his pro day. Uh, But this week is more about rumors. You know, it's more about trying to to weed through the the garbage that you're going to hear on a daily basis. Like yesterday, the Dolphins are looking at Jalen Waddell over Jamar Chase. No, it's not. I'd be stunned if that happened, but they've got to throw that out there. 
you know, and, and, and just to try to, you know, uh, get the guy that they're looking for or maybe have somebody trade up who really loves Jalen Waddell and take that six pick. So you got to weed through the garbage this week, but the prep's already done. In conversation with Mike Farrell, uh, Rivals Mike, you can uh, follow him uh, on Twitter, of course, and you can also follow him on Instagram. What's your uh, Instagram handle, my man? You know, it's Rivals Godfather because um, okay. I was the godfather of recruiting for 20 years, uh, high school recruiting, and somebody had Rivals Mike, and they don't even use it. And I went to Instagram, and I said, can I have it? And they said no. Oh, that happens to me, nice. too, by the way. Someone has my name. Do they? I and tried they- to contact them, send them a DM, and saying, hey, could I get that name from you? You know what? I would have even been able – I would have even offered a few bucks, but right. you never got back to me. And this one's this one's a dead account. Ah, I got it. All right. Still, okay. I hey, hate I, having different accounts, but I'm, you got to do what you got to do. I'm curious, seeing as you have so much intel on these players and you saw them, and of course with the pandemic and a lot of teams haven't been able to travel or or maybe there's less traveling from scouts and you just talked about no combines and all this, and there's a lack of information there for a lot of people at the draft. Have teams talked to you? Have teams approached you? Yeah, they do every year. I mean, because there's so there's so much money being put into these kids, um, especially the first rounders, you know, it is one of those things where they're looking for any, any red flag that they might've missed. Um, You know, we run camps at rivals. We, uh, you know, scout kids at football games. We talk to college coaches. We talk to parents, we talk to teammates, we talk to everybody uh, and college coaches, of course, and we kind of know the dirt. Um, we know the good and the bad. So, yeah, you know, they want to know was this kid was this kid consistently late? Was he always the last one in a drill? Did he quit halfway through the camp? What type of work ethic does he have? Was he a problem in the hotel at the All Star game during the week? You know, there's so much information that we have about them that they definitely pick our brains, um, and that's part of their own investigation. They do background checks on the kids and all that stuff. And even then, uh-huh. there's just no way to predict, you know, what's going to happen. Uh, Isaiah Wilson's a great example last year from Georgia. who was drafted by the Titans. It's just there were no flags like that. And then out of the blue, he just, he just you know, sabotages his career. But, yes, they, they do reach out. He is uh, Mike Farrell, of course. Montrealers, are you tired of going to the gas station? Use Fuelit service, whether you're at home, work, or anywhere in between. Download the Fuelit Canada app today. Fuel it, bringing gas to the 21st century. Speaking of gas, one guy who a lot of people says has a lot of gas in his tank and is going to have a great career. The hype has been unbelievable behind Trevor Lawrence. High expectations. Sometimes athletes live up to it. Sometimes they don't. Will he live up to the billing? Yes or no, in your opinion, and why? Yeah, he will. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, There are certain players that are generational football players. And, and that term is used way too often. Um, you know, last year in the draft, Chase Young was a generational defensive end. And, and you know, my response to that is he's great, absolutely. But um, Joey and Nick Boza both came out of Ohio State. They were both top three picks as well. So what makes him generational? Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence is generational. There have been other number one picks, of course, um, some people say he's the best since Andrew Luck. He's, he's the best before Andrew Luck. He's the best probably since John Elway as far as a, a college football quarterback prospect. 
the problem is he's going to Jacksonville. They don't have a lot of talent. It's the 32nd market in the league. It's not a hotbed for free agents. And he's going to have some growing pains and people will hate on him early. You know, Peyton Manning went, I think, 3-13 and his first year in Indianapolis, threw more picks than touchdowns, and everybody said he's a bust. Trevor will have those bumps, but there is no doubt in my mind that with the right infrastructure, management, coaching, and team, that he will hoist Super Bowl trophies in Jacksonville. He's that good. I want to take a look at the teams that are drafting in the top 10. Jacksonville, the New York Jets, the 49ers, Atlanta, Cincinnati, the Dolphins, Detroit, Carolina, Denver, and Dallas. Those are the top 10 picks. Uh, and I want to see who's going where. Now, I think we've already discussed number one, Jacksonville, will yep. be quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Number two, the New York Jets will be quarterback Zach Wilson. And number three, San Francisco, in your opinion, will be quarterback Trey Lance. On right. to number four in Atlanta. Who this will get this is where it gets tricky. If I'm Atlanta, I'm trading back. My defense is horrible. There is no player. There's no defensive player in this draft, to, to, in my opinion, worth the number four pick that you couldn't get trading back to, say, nine or, or, or you know, whatever quarterback-hungry team, 15, New England. So that's where you – really struggle with a mock draft. Will Atlanta keep the pick? If they do keep the pick, they could take Panay Sewell, get a left tackle for Matt Ryan. Uh, Matt Ryan's probably got three or four very good years left in him. Uh Um, They could take Kyle Pitts because, he's again, he's he's considered one of the best tight ends to come out in a very long time. Uh, They could take Justin Fields, Georgia kid. Um, And, you know, then you have a problem because you're paying Fields so much money. Ryan's such a cap hit who plays – but Ryan is the type of guy who could bring a kid along. They've got a big decision to make, and they're going to impact the rest of the draft because I think someone's going to trade up to number four. I think Atlanta would be smart to trade down, and that four could be Denver. Um, it could be New England. Um, it could be Washington, Chicago. Somebody like that could trade up to four and then take Justin Fields at four. I feel strongly that Cincinnati is either going to take Panay Sewell to protect Joe Burrow or they're going to take Jamar Chase, his former receiver at LSU, give him a weapon. Um, I feel strongly that Miami will take either Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Uh, Detroit will take probably Micah Parsons, the linebacker. If not, they'll add another cornerback uh, to Jeffrey Akuda and maybe take Patrick Sertain. Carolina, um, you know, they, they would love to have Pitts fall to them, uh, but they could also go defense uh, and perhaps take an edge rusher like Quiddy Pay or, you know, Micah Parsons, Denver, again, I think quarterback, they might trade up. And then Dallas needs defensive help. But Dallas is also nutty. I mean, Jerry Jones, he's crazy enough to trade up to four and take Kyle Pitts. So this is going to be a crazy draft with lots of trades. And a lot of that is due to the fact that nobody really knows what they're doing as much as they used to because we don't have a combine. And we've got kids sitting here in the first round that haven't played since 2019 uh, you've got a potential first rounder in Davis Mills, I've heard. Someone could trade into the first round for a kid who's played 11 college football games yeah. since his high school senior year. It's going to be crazy. So mock drafts are like, they're, they're worse than ever. I got to do mine today to for at least tomorrow on Rivals.com. And yeah. I don't like projecting trades because that's just guesswork. So I'm going to plug in, I'm going to plug in Kyle Pitts at four. Panay Sewell at five, 
then I'm going to pl- plug in Jamar Chase at, at six at Miami and then go Parsons and then so on for the top ten. My God, you really are the draft guru. He knows this draft and these players like the back of his hand. He's Mike Farrell. High risk, huge reward. I say that, you think who? I think Jason Owa out of Penn State. Now, he's about a 265-pound kid who ran a 4.39 at his pro day. Whoa. Um, he's a freak of nature, but he had zero sacks last year. Zero. Nine games, zero sacks. Um, that's not production. And he's more of an outside rusher who can be handled when you get your hands on him. But he could also turn into an unbelievable freak of nature with a little bit of coaching. So he's the guy I think that has the most upside in the first round. Someone's going to take him. I don't think he's a first round talent based on film, but based on his testing, someone's going to take him. And I think he's going to end up being a guy that, that either ends up being a star or an absolute bust. Based on all the work that the New England Patriots did during the offseason, you could tell that Bill Belichick wasn't happy with the way last season went and probably really wasn't happy because it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the Super Bowl. Do you see them in any activity in the draft here and probably getting somebody uh, to, to, to protect Newton or to take over for Newton eventually here? What do you see the uh, Patriots doing? I think originally the Patriots were hoping one of these five quarterbacks would slide to 15. Um you know, Bucky Brooks at NFL.com has a mock draft where Mac Jones slides to 15 and Trey Lance, I think, slides to – no, Justin Fields slides to 19. I just think it's too much of a quarterback-hungry league for them to have anybody at 15. So they're going to have to trade up if they want a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we all know Belichick will go defense. That's what he does. Um, they they got two very good tight ends in the offseason. They're hoping to kill Harry turns into that wide receiver they, they they drafted in the first round. Um, you know, they've got Nelson Aguilar that they got in the offseason. I think he'll go defense. I, I think he'll go corner. Uh, you know, maybe a J.C. Horn from South Carolina or somebody like that. But really what New England needs to do is, is trade up. Now, I've heard rumors that he literally likes Davis Mills out of Stanford. Um and New England doesn't pick until 46th in the second round. Now, in the real world, Davis Mills should be there. But because people are so nutty about quarterbacks, New England might trade up into the late first round maybe to take that that sixth quarterback in the first round. I think there's going to be six quarterbacks going the first round. Wow. Who's that in ending here? Uh, one or two more. But who's that that one player that you take a look at some mock drafts and you probably won't see in the top 30, but – you believe that he's much better than where everyone has him. And you say to me right now, Tony, watch this guy in a couple of years. This guy's going to be a player. I'll give you a couple of them. I'll give you one who's going to go in the first round that nobody talks about, and that's Trevon Morig from TCU. He's a safety. Never hear about him. He's going to go in the top 20, 25. uh, And he's kind of like a honey badger, Tyron Matthew type. He can do everything, um, and he's a ball hawk. But you have not heard his name very much from anybody. Um, but when you get into the second round, the guy I like a lot is Ronnie Perkins, the defensive lineman from Oklahoma. Um, I think he didn't test that well, which is why he doesn't have a chance to go in the first round. But top of the second round, you know, somebody who needs a not just an edge rusher, but a guy who's extremely good against the run is going to take uh, Ronnie Perkins. And and then the third one, I'll go with uh, Tylen Wallace from Oklahoma State. He had a tremendous um you know, 2018 season with 1,400 yards at Oklahoma State. He got hurt, uh, blew out his ACL 
uh, in his, his 2019 season, even after putting up 900 yards, came back last year, had a good year. But the question about the injury, as he lost a step, all that stuff is going to slide him to round two. And, and I think he's going to be an extremely valuable pickup. Uh, there's probably about five or six wide receivers that are second round grades that I think are going to be very, very good NFL players. So it's a real deep wide receiver draft. Hey, listen, are you, were you a fan of a team growing up or are you, can you still do that? Are you still a fan of a I, team I, right I, now? I can. I can. Yeah. There's no conflict, conflict of interest in the NFL. So okay. I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, oh, really? I will tell you this. When they call this, you, when they call you for advice, do you get all excited or what? No, I don't. I haven't been excited when someone's called me probably about 20 years. Like when I first started doing this, when coaches would call and stuff and scouts would call, it was like a real thrill, right? But like doing anything for a very long time, it becomes a job. And, you know, so when the Cowboys were winning their three out of four Super Bowls in the early 90s, I was just the, the biggest Cowboy fan ever, probably really annoyingly so. And now like, eh. It's. I watch them. I hope they win. I know they won't, and I don't care. <laughs> but, but if I had to pick a team, I mean, I've always been a Cowboys fan since the seventies. And and if you grew up in the seventies where I grew up, you were either a Steeler or a Cowboys fan. And and I'm a Cowboys fan. Mike uh, Mike Farrell, you really are the draft guru. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. Enjoy the NFL draft, and I just can't wait for football to start up again. Oh, I can't wait either. It's the Sick Podcast, and you can listen to us on all social media platforms and follow us and watch the video version, of course, on Instagram and Facebook at the Sick Podcast. See you, Mike. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you very much. Cheers. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid.